tuned into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. The future comes, and now my watch begins. It shall not end until my death. I shall miss no game, withhold no news, report all rumors. I shall wear no jerseys, and plead allegiance to no side. I shall live and die on my webpage. I am the word in the darkness. I am the watcher of the TV. I am the megaphone that informs the realms of geek. I pledge my hands and name to the Geek's Watch, for the Geeks and all the Geeks to come. Welcome back to another week on the Geek's Watch. We're here holding down the fort, all your geek news and altered carbon goodness. That's right. Uh, John is with me as usual, and Gabby and Brian are back again this week. Talk Hello. more altered carbon. Hello, my my sleeve is busted. I drank too much last night. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, and you know, in the that future, you can probably grow a new one in no time. Mm. But I live in the now. Oh well, and I'm screwed. <laughs> <laughs> well, then you just have to find and cut out one out of somebody else. Don't give me ideas. Okay. <laughs> Uh, but before we get to episode three of Altered Carbon, let's go ahead and talk about some geek news. I think the biggest one that I want to talk about right now is the fact that Black Panther in 26 days has crossed a, a billion dollars. Not a hundred billion, but a billion dollars. Uh, Wakanda I, forever. Wakanda forever. <laughs> I mean, we probably will be getting movies from Wakanda forever because <laughs> Disney is like, oh my goodness, everybody's watching this movie. We found our new Frozen. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I loved the movie. Uh, I, I assumed everybody else did too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, I want to be African. <laughs> I felt something there. Did you? Did you feel something in, the, in yeah. the, watching that movie? I feel confused. What I, do you think this means, though, for Infinity War coming up? Well, they're definitely setting up for Wakanda to be a battleground. I mean, we know that already from the trailer. I think they even said in, in an article this week that it that's going to be where like the second half of the movie is going to take place. Is in you think, uh, well, there's speculation that uh, there's an infinity stone in the heart of the uh, vibranium meteorite. I, I would say that's, I would, to me, that would make sense. What else would make, one, the vibranium, two, the heart-shaped herb, like, mm-hmm. it makes sense. Then it turns out that everything is connected to the infinity stones then. Because speculation is also that uh, for the first Avenger, the fan theory, the popular one now, is that Erskine and uh, whoever else discovered the vibranium and the heart-shaped flower in Wakanda and smuggled some out. Oh. And that's where they derived the super soldier serum and the, obviously the shield. I hope not. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't want them to take that away from Erskine and his intelligence. I mean, we just mutually came up with something that was biologically happening already. I mean, he was—he studied far enough that he could come up with something like that. No, well, he was a genius. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, they already do that a lot with. I, I feel with the other superheroes, you know, like Spider-Man. You take away his intelligence, uh, especially in the first, the the Tobey Maguire Spider-Mans. You know, they took away his ability to make the um, the web shooters because it's like, why could anybody be able to make something like this? But so they gave him organic shooters, but. Uh, in this new, in the newer version of Spider-Man with Tom Holland, he you know he has a whole team behind him of 
you know, someone that helps him do computer stuff, someone that uh, his his suit gives yeah, the him guy the, in the spider chair. sense. Yeah. So I don't. I just feel like you don't need to take away from one to give to another. Well, maybe he was just inspired by it, much in the same way that, uh, that, that Howard Stark was inspired by the Tesseract to create the, what was it, the fusion re- arc reactor? Right. Yeah, so yeah, one so. thing leads to another. It was inspiration. Yeah, he could he could have like Erskine could have seen Black Panther that that the Black Panther that was around during his time at one point. T'Challa's grandfather, maybe at yeah. that time. Yeah, exactly, and been like, oh, hey, a man can achieve something, or you know, human body can get to a certain uh, uh, physical peakness, and he worked on that. Yeah. So, do you suppose if uh, they gave Steve Rogers that? Uh, magic juice that he would also lose his super soldier serumness so if he took oh the, the stuff that takes away the yeah the, the, i don't know that's the, probably a good it's a good black question. pantherness yeah, yeah. <laughs> i don't know any any thoughts i do i i read something or watched something i can't remember where, what what it was when it came to my my mind but uh there uh the comic based on the mcu mm-hmm. what's it called um the comic series which comic series? Infinity War? No, it's based on the MCU. Yeah, I, I forget what they call it. It's a prelude? No. I can't remember what it is. I, I don't really pay attention to comic books that much. Okay. But um, there is a was part... Was it Countdown to Infinity? I think so. That might be it. Yeah, because like, there's a part there where um, Doctor Strange is a little buddy. They talk about... Wong. The, the, yeah, Wong. They talk about where the Infinity Stones are. And then he mentioned it's like... if it, They're reading through this scripture and... It, he says something about if it's true where the sixth stone is at, we're in trouble. Oh. But they don't say where it's at. They right. just say if it's true where it's at, we're in trouble. I mean, I know there's a lot of speculation as to why would so many Infinity Stones be on Earth when they're obviously from outer space, but that that is interesting. It's our story. It is our story. Is it Infinity Countdown Prime? Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's a mishmash of all the words you guys just said, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, what was the next story that you had, John? Kristen Wiig appears to officially be involved in Wonder Woman 2. And I don't know how I feel about this. Like, I honestly think that comedic actors are some of our best dramatic actors. Like, you, you see it all the time. And Kristen Wiig does amazing jobs in Skeleton Twins. And uh, oh, was the, it was the one... Where she had a uh, talk show and she kind of went, she was a little bit off a rocker in it. But and she does the full frontal. And she does the full frontal, yes. And of course, you would remember that part. <laughs> yes. Uh, what movie is this? <laughs> there's a whole other movie around it. I, Mr. I forget, Skin. Okay, she will have this down. I forget what the name of the movie was, but it's, it's actually a really good movie. It's, mm-hmm. it's very interesting on the whole mental health issue and stuff. But um, I just don't know where they're going to be going with the Cheetah character for to be Kristen Wiig. Well, which I'm I think at this point is very convoluted. The character itself in the yeah. comic books, it's been like four different ladies. I'm guessing it's going to be. Well, there's speculation that Cersei is going to be involved, and uh, she is the one that gives Cheetah her power. Because mm. Cersei, uh, kind of a long-standing Wonder Woman foe, very heavily based on magic. Yep, and she's known for turning people into animals. Mm-hmm. So it's very likely that that's how Cheetah in this iteration gets her power and it's been i think reported that the working title for the movie is magic hour so yes so that leads more credence to the possibility that it'll be a magic based major villain with a side villain so cheetah will be the bane to 
I guess Cersei's, Cersei's Talia Al Ghul. If that's the way you want to go with it. <laughs> uh, I mean, does anybody else have a feeling of Kristen Wiig? I don't know anything about Cheetah. Is she like a serious character or is she goofy? No, she's pretty serious. She's very. She uh, to the point where she uh, she just doesn't like the way that Wonder Woman handles things. So she is wants to. She's just stop jelly. her. Yeah, she's jelly. Okay. If that's the yeah sure yeah like no no cute Israeli girl I mean takes over. she's just I I think she has speed and she has uh, like ferociousness like with her claws and stuff like that so and to to be honest I mix her up with the cheetah from the Marvel universe all the time between the two so so she's like a female saber tooth kind of yes yeah exactly so in the DC universe you have Catwoman and a woman who is a cat. Correct. Yes. So she should be Catwoman. But then you also have in the Marvel Universe, Black Cat and a woman that is a cat. Because they also have a cheetah who's part cheetah. Oh, man. <laughs> See, I never really liked the Catwoman's whole, the the name for her. Because mm-hmm. she's just supposed to be a cat burglar. Yeah. And, like, why why not just say the cat burglar? Why do you have to call her the Catwoman? Because there's nothing else about her that's cat-like. She runs around with, like, kitty cat ears, and she's all... Well, she's yeah. a cat lady on her, on her downtime whenever she's not... <laughs> she's a furry. She makes cat puns, like, ooh, perfect. And I'm like, okay, shut up, lady. Well, that was the 60s version. <laughs> That's all I see now. <laughs> Eartha Kid. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what what else did you have? Series. Um, I was just thinking maybe she would be, like, a good... Kind of like Heath Ledger at first. Everyone was like, no, nah, he's a Joker. He's not going to do, do a good job as the Joker. And he ended up surprising everyone yeah. so and you know i i thought she's gonna say you want to know how i got these paws <laughs> <laughs> i thought i thought i i really honestly thought heath ledger was uh like before he did the actual performance i thought it was a good choice i thought you know he he obviously could act so i, I wasn't afraid of that uh i i did speak up heavily about ben affleck being batman and <laughs> i still don't think that he's a great batman but everybody else seems to enjoy his performance so We'll we'll see what happens with Kristen Wiig. I just mm-hmm. I I just don't know what they're going to be doing with that character, which is fine because I don't know the character all that well. So you y- you could you have a lot of leeway with me, right? I think with most fans because I didn't know about her. So yeah, I think they'll be able to kind of retcon her if they need to, and just oh, it's for the for the new story, the new new universe. So exactly, I only know about her because of the video game. Because they put Cheetah in the video game, the Injustice video game, mm-hmm. mm. part two. She okay. wasn't in the first one. No, um, I don't think I've played part two yet. I don't oh. play part two. Yeah. What do you have, John? Shazam! Shazam! Yet again, the leaks keep coming. <laughs> we got our first good full frontal. That's my word of the day, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and so now we get a better look, a much more clear look, uh, with uh, definition on the costume. I'm pleasantly surprised that it does not have that kind of padded yeah. spirit of Halloween store type look to it. It actually has some interesting texture to it. Mm-hmm. Um, still looks a little weird. I mean, definitely going to have to wait how it looks in motion with proper TV, uh, you know, movie lighting and everything. Um, looks a little goofy in the uh, spy shots. And, you know, I think, and I, I really think that it's supposed to look that way because it's the, it's the kid. It's a kid's imagination of what a superhero is supposed to look like. And honestly, that's what I think they're going for. It does. I mean, the it. I think it still looks a little, very padded, and it looks like Turbo Man. <laughs> it does look a little Turbo Man ish, 
but I, I'm I'm excited for it. And I, I think that's I think this honestly I think this is like one of the it's the first iteration of the costume. Like this is early on in the movie. I think you'll get other versions of the costume. You know, maybe Injustice spoiled me, but I really like the Shazam costume that they have in that one. Where it almost looks like it's bordering on armor. Mm. Um, not so much in part two, but I haven't really played part two. But in the first one, I thought it looked great. Wait, yeah. he shows up in part two? In the first one, he gets his head blown off by Superman. Well, that version does, but I think there was... I don't I don't remember. Well, I mean, a, you are talking about different Earths, so yeah. you could always bring in another Shazam. I mean, technically, they killed a Green Arrow like before the game even takes place in the first one. True. But then they have a replacement from another Earth in this one. Yes. And then I think if you beat it with his, like, his ending is him joining a task force of interdimensional travelers who focus entirely on eradicating Brainiac from other dimensions. It gets pretty gnarly. Do <laughs> uh, you, you have an opinion on, on the suit? It reminds me of the tick back in the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I can see that. It reminds you of the tick now. Have you seen the new show? I like the tick now. I yeah. know some people don't like it, but I like it now. I I, I enjoy it. I haven't, I, like, watched, I haven't watched season two yet. Or I, what's her name? Two of season one. Lint. Yes. I love that character. Doctor, isn't it Doctor Lint or is it Agent Lint or is it just Lint? I think it's just Lint. But I just like how she like her secret power is like shocking people. But she has that negative thing where she's just like <laughs> <laughs> like blowing Lint off of her. Yeah, it's like dude, she's that's always suck. attracting dust and because of all the static electricity. <laughs> yep, yeah. that's awesome. So like in the first season, there's a part where someone just throws a whole bunch of dust in the air or something like that to distract her. Yeah, and then it just like gets all over her. Yeah. <laughs> That's terrible. Uh, you, you had another one, didn't you? Yes. Uh, so apparently Todd Phillips' Joker movie is going to be a story taking place in the 80s featuring the Joker as a failed comedian. Now this, They're going to go with that storyline? They're going with the Killing Joke storyline. Pretty much, yeah. And I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, I honestly don't want an origin story for the Joker. I don't want anybody to come up. I mean, I know the Killing Joke is kind of... You know, out there as the definitive one at the at the moment, but even at the end of that story, he says maybe that's how it happened, maybe it's not how it happened. So it's to keep the mystery around the Joker. I don't want someone to create someone to say something to say that this is a definitive Joker, like the '89 Batman saying that Jack Napier was the one that killed uh, the Waynes, and then he eventually becomes the Joker. It's like why would you want to nail down something like that? You know, leave the mystery around him. Well, they had to create some kind of emotional link to the villain. Otherwise, why would he, you know, whatever. Yeah, the 89 movie has problems. <laughs> anyway. I feel like we've heard his story enough where I don't need you. I, I understand you guys wanting to make money off his origin story, but I don't know. Like the way that you, what you just said, keep some of the mystery reminds me of like, oh, David's the creator of the Xenos. It's like, why? No. <laughs> no, it's the same feeling that I would get with that if someone's like, oh, he was just a filled comedian. I'm like, you no, no, the no you ruined it. Yeah, there's a reason why it's so good because there is a mystery. You give, you solve the mystery, it's not good anymore. It's like with old 80s horror movies, the reason why they were so good is because you don't see the monster yeah, you that kills you. Monster. He just sneaks up on you and you're like, <laughs> Yeah, it's like now it's all the CGI. It's like oh, look, you can see all. Yeah, the your things. imagination used to fill in what was in the dark. Now it's like oh, here's what it is. Here, look, it look, it's scary. That reminds me of one of my favorite parts of Creepshow, part two. I want to say, where they have like a weird, like 
man eating oil slick in a lake. Yeah, I remember and that. There's absolutely no explanation for it. It just starts devouring them one by one. And then at the end, when you, well, I don't want to ruin the ending because it's so badass. But, but it's so long. This is thirty years ago, man. <laughs> in case anybody spoiler wants alert. to like pick it up, spoiler alert. Thirty year old spoiler. Well, yeah, but just the fact that like it's it's so cool because of that. There is complete mystery. You have no idea what this is. There's no half-assed explanation for like, oh well, maybe it's an alien. Maybe it's a government experiment. No, you don't know what it is. It could be a creature that's been living there for like you know millennia. And it just picks them off one by one, and it's just, yeah, like that is it's something that's ferrofluid, and it's attracted to you. Yeah, they were all <laughs> very magnetic. <laughs> well, I, I, that's all I have to say is that I just I hope that they don't uh, really give him, uh, him a definitive story. Maybe at the end of it, there he or during the movie. They they put out that they, you know this is one version of the story, or they even put in a second one. Well, they should make it like Clue, have multiple endings. Yeah, that would be awesome. So, uh, can uh, uh, so if they could do that, I would be for it. But I don't know. I I just don't know. And it it's not official that Joaquin Phoenix is doing the the role yet, right? How does everybody feel about Joaquin Phoenix being the Joker? I saw a picture of him with the. Joker makeup on, and he looks. I guess it's the angle that they chose, and it was not very flattering. <laughs> I know. I know you. You said William Defoe before. Right? Oh, I was about to say that. Yes. Yeah, William yeah. Defoe looks like him already. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I could be all for that. And he's already like fucking wacky, anyways. <laughs> did Did anybody see the Florida Project? It's what he got nominated for Best Supporting Actor for. Mm-mm. That movie. I really don't know how I feel about that movie because it's all it's it's such a uh, slice of life movie that it, it to me it doesn't really seem like it has a plot. But then at the end, it kind of all ties in together, and you're like, oh, this is what I've been watching. Okay, mm. so. slice of life, like <laughs> like it's an anime. <laughs> <laughs> I, do, I don't get that reference. Oh, that's what they call it's the, a genre. It's a genre. It's of the same anime. thing. It's, oh, okay. It's, it's just, just <laughs> people live, living their life, yeah, day-to-day we go to day activities, and we eat food and <laughs> play sports after. Watch school. us poop. <laughs> cinema verite would be another word for it. I so guess. you're saying that uh, they uh, Florida Project would make a good anime? Probably. Okay. <laughs> uh, I think the last was that the last one you had. That's the last one I had. The yeah. last one I have is that the Sopranos, the creator of the Sopranos, David Chase, is working on a prequel to the series, a movie prequel. He wants to do. I believe the working title right now is the Many Saints of New Jersey. And uh, it would take place in the seventies, I believe, and it taught you know talking about how they got to the point where they were in this, the the TV series. Now, uh, oh, I'm sorry, the Many Saints of Newark. Um, what I mean, did anybody watch the series? I, I watched, I think, up to season three. I never watched it, but I kept up with the the, the storyline, like the the major beats and all the controversy about the like lackluster ending. That people were very unsatisfied with. That's what I heard a lot about as well. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, no, with the whole blackout ending where you don't really know what what happens next. Uh, they pulled an Inception. They really did. Before Inception, they pulled it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I obviously you know James Gandolfini no longer being alive, he couldn't do anything in the movie. So I don't. I, I would assume it would go to his. Uh, it would be following uh, one of his ancestors or. Uh, whoever ran the family before him, 
Well, I mean, they would just have to be him as a kid, maybe. Like, so get a younger actor to play him. Yeah. You could probably get you could get the kid that played his son in the show. Maybe that'd yeah. be interesting. I've never seen The Sopranos. You've never seen The Sopranos? <laughs> I was really into Buffy the Vampire Slayer at the time. <laughs> because you can only do one or the other. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I watched Buffy as well. So. I'm very focused. I can I, only do one show at a time. <laughs> right now it's Altered right, Carbon. Right now it's Altered Carbon. All right. Good. I'm glad that you know, you're know you focused on Altered Carbon so that we can we can talk about it's it. It's like an obsession. <laughs> Just slightly. Just slightly. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, then that takes us into Altered Carbon. We're in episode three, In a Lonely Place. Uh this episode, this episode went in some. I mean, I don't want to say went in some strange directions because the show itself is already pretty strange. The way I look at this whole series, because I already watched the whole thing, right? The way I look at this whole series is like it's like a chess game. Yeah. The first episode was basically you're just laying down the pieces. It's like here we go. The second episode was kind of like all right, now we're studying the board, see what we got here. This is where the first pieces start moving. This is how I looked at this episode. This is like Bancroft's first move. And he's like, all right, here's his reaction. Uh, what's his name? I can't. I forgot his name right now. My sleeve is all messed up and hung over. Um, Kovac? Kovac. Okay. Kovac reacts to this next movement with the party, introducing them to the party. Mm-hmm. How do you forget the main character's name? Oh, man. I'm, I, I, my brain's all scrambled right now. <laughs> my stack's busted. My sleeve's busted. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, and uh, I thought it was very interesting in this episode. We got to see Kovacs as a child. Mm-hmm. Or, I assume that's who that's supposed mm-hmm. to be. Yeah, <laughs> Him and his sister. Like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah it's him and his sister, right? So, uh, you know, I, I like how as the show goes on, we get to see more and more of uh, Takeshi's uh, past and mm-hmm. you know where he came from. Uh, it's not, not j- it, 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 it's just as much about finding out about him as it is about, about finding about Bancroft and what happened in his reality or mm-hmm. his lives and stuff like that. So, uh, but we met the Bancroft's kids too. How many kids does he have? Like as of right now, I know of three, two, two sons and a daughter, right? She said on the last episode that she gave him 21 kids, something like that. Oh, okay. I think she said she was the 12th, the one that we yeah, that meet in 12. this one. Mm-hmm. Okay. I must have missed that. Yeah, that part. chick is a psychopath. <laughs> well, let's talk about that. The one, the daughter that we meet is uh, in the sleeve of her mother. Yep. Her, one of her mother's sleeves. Now, is that sleeve also have the special genetic pheromones? And I would imagine because she says that all her sleeves are top of the art. Like, why wouldn't I take them out for a spin? Like, she's treating it as she's like, oh, just jumping one of mom's convertibles and yeah. taking it out for a spin. Like, that's. That's the lifestyle that they lead. Okay, so that's that is like the whole messed up thing about it. It's like as a child you fear running into your parents having sex. <laughs> but then now it's like you are in your parents outfit and you're gonna go out and have sex. <laughs> that's like ugh. Yeah, it's it's kind of like just think about it like in a real situation. Yeah, but I mean, I don't they they haven't grown up like how we've grown up. Like they're, you know, they're desensitized towards that. Yeah, pretty tradition, much. I, I think guess. so. It's like, oh, it's, that's just, you know, that's like just practically nothing's taboo in this future. Basically, because I guess if you, if the body, the sleeve is just disposable, it's like no big deal if you see boobs or naked yeah, pi- just, body parts all over the place. Like, look, 
look at my junk. It's just tendrils. It's just and, <laughs> and, and the part that, like, when he noticed, when Takeshi notices that she's in two places at once, like, mm-hmm. at, to me, I was like, what is going on? Like, I, yeah. I, at first I was like, wait, wasn't she just downstairs? How is she upstairs now? Mm-hmm. And uh, when he goes to investigate it, and I love that he's like, wait, who am I? And he's, she's like, uh, and he's like, you don't, you don't even remember that we talked earlier, yeah. do you? So that was a that was a great little a little bit of a character interaction, mm-hmm. but uh, I did love that she takes herself out of the um, suspect lists by being look. If he dies, none of us get anything. So, yeah. our, you know, what's the point in killing him? Mm-hmm. So, I, which is smart on Bancroft's part, I guess. He's yeah. like, I'm not going to have any kids that are trying to kill me, right? Because uh, it's better off for them if I stay alive. Mm-hmm. Um, but once again, Ortega has put herself right in the middle of everything. I guess it wasn't her. She was kind of forced to get in the middle was. of everything yeah. like a typical Mexican girl. <laughs> Please don't hit me. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, it was it, at first it was forced on her, but she took it as the opportunity to investigate everybody that she saw was going to be on the list of people that were going to be there. Mm-hmm. Even to the point that she memorized the faces of everybody was because she, when she noticed someone in the crowd that wasn't that she hadn't rec- she didn't recognize she's like well that person's not on the list yeah and that's the guy that presumably is the one that was filming them right having sex or uh, bank- bank something i mean i know that guy's popped up a few times before um i actually just wanted to say that i like that they call it organic damage when i really get to like fight or you actually do like organic damage right <laughs> i thought that was a, a nice term for it they're not a, it's not a fight it's not a spectacle it's it's organic damage the rules of the world it's like the one rule one don't damage organics yeah so i mean and then uh when we see the the couple fight at the in mm-hmm. at the later part in the episode where uh they're essentially their 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 prize is if you kill the other one you get an upgrade Mm-hmm. Okay, and then I would assume the loser gets the downgrade. Gets a downgrade in the body. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So, uh, un- but then Bancroft throws in the extra added it. If you can kill Takashi, yeah. then you both get an upgrade in body. Now, this is—I <laughs> mean, we see that in movie, or the, we see this type of thing in movie tropes all the time of the rich are paying poor people to fight to the death. But this is the added bonus of they're doing it willingly because they get to have body upgrades, which mm-hmm. is so. There's no, there's no really there's not much of a loss. I guess there's no there's no But they're a married couple. They, uh, this is how I kinda look at it. It's like, all right, say if homeboy didn't like intervene into the situation, the husband was gonna beat the crap out of his wife. So here's what was gonna happen if he didn't intervene. He would get an upgrade, the wife would get a downgrade. So will his wife be like Uglier or just more grody or just like just not. I'm just what's, wondering what's what, the downgrade. Yeah, what's, what's the, the downgrade? downgrade? Would, it, would it actually affect his psyche? He's like, oh man, my wife sucks now. I, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I would assume it would have to do with body response and, and time like that. So maybe just an older body or something that doesn't have the reflexes that she had. But you're right; it could be less attractive, or it could be, uh, you know. Uh, I don't know. And then, like, he gets all ripped, but, like, she gets the upgrade, and he's like, oh, yeah, my man's hot now. And then he's like, ugh. <laughs> uh, but 
I, the, the, I thought that the more interesting thing was Takashi and Ortega both agree that the daughter that they have, or was it, it was a daughter, right? It's a daughter and a son, the and five son. and seven year olds. Oh yeah. yeah, and they said that uh, they would. They're not used to. They're it. not going to get used to that. Yeah, because they're so young. I mean, it, that that is has to be pretty. I don't. I mean, but then again, you're putting we're putting mindsets of now onto people that are in this future That's where this is I'm, a common thing. Yeah, but I mean, and I think, but there's still the fact that they're five years old. Like, are they five natural years old? Like, have has their sleeves, has their stack only existed for five years? Or are they, like, literally five years old? Because that's, like, a month, like, three-month-old, I yeah. guess, in our lifespan. Right. In the span of living for 100-plus years. Yeah, like, that's true. That's some, but I, I did want to mention something about, like, so Takeshi intervened when they were fighting. And I'm wondering, is that, like, PTSD from when his mom was getting beat? Because the lady looked kind of Asian. Maybe she looked like his mom? Or was he just like, hey, quit beating her and just thought it was wrong kind of thing? Because I'm wondering, like, did you really care enough about this rich person that he intervened? Or was it because maybe he was, I think like, it, flashing back to his mom? I think it's flashing back to his mom. Yeah, That's why we got mom. a lot of the the flashbacks to mm-hmm. his childhood. Um, he, like, oh, Asian lady's getting beat. I remember this once. <laughs> yeah. He even mentioned earlier in the episode when he was recruiting uh, that dude for his backup that he doesn't care about anybody. Mm-hmm. Now, was he just fronting or did he... Yeah, I was thinking about that too. For a dude who doesn't care about anybody, he, he cares he, a he lot. Cares, he he yeah. cared a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't care about anybody. But then also they, they flash back to that line where we're on boys and we take what is offered and... So you inspire loyalty in a few capable loyals, even if they're ultimately expendable. So maybe it was that that was the thing where he, I think he's still like kind of battling. Maybe is he really a good guy or is he just using his training? I, I, you know, and I thought that was an interesting thing because it, she it, she does have that dialogue of you mm-hmm. know, uh, and it's essentially it's making assets. You know, mm-hmm. anything that he can exploit to get the job done. Mm-hmm. And obviously, we see that happening with uh, the Vernon character, mm-hmm. but. Is he going to be able to use? Because he he manages to get both both fighters an upgrade because he's not going to kill one of them. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I would assume that you know they're going to be loyal to him in the future for whatever reason, and they're both going to have upgraded bodies. So that that's helpful. Mm-hmm. What what was it that Vernon was doing in the that security room? Not his job. Not the <laughs> thing that he was brought there to do. That's yeah. for sure. He. Okay, out of all the characters, he annoys me the most. Really? <laughs> he's just... He's not focused. He doesn't listen to other people. When he says, like, hey, I'm going to try to help out your daughter, he gets crazy if it's not his way. When it's like, he's got to calm down. He's got to calm down. <laughs> well, I mean, this, it, this essentially is a stranger that just came out of nowhere and, and interrupted his life, and now he's taking his daughter, the little bit of his daughter that he has left, and he's like, I can fix her, but... Yeah, Interrupted his life of stinky morning. I don't know. Maybe yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was butter for him. It's like there's certain people. Say like he got a broken faucet. And you're mm-hmm. like, oh, I can fix it myself. But all you're doing is just messing it up. But you're just too damn stubborn to be like, just let it go. Get a plumber. And he's like, no, no, I got this. I got. That's who he is. But with his daughter's freaking daughter's s- conscience with, with her with, stack with her egg brain, it's all scrambled. Yeah. Yeah, that's just okay. <laughs> when I really don't like a character, I really get into it. And it's like him, he just oh, I just want to punch him. You know so, what it did like, even though I don't know much about it, was there like their gun talk, their nerd gun talk? Oh you yeah, know, like, even though you know nothing scene. about like what the weapons are in the future, like you know they're nerdy out, they're right? Like, right. Oh, yeah, this is C Jack Art and D version, blah blah blah. It's like I, I wish I knew what guns. this was. 
But I, I, I kind of understand, not really. But I know they're nerding out right now. <laughs> but that kind of brings back something that you mentioned a couple episodes ago, was the technology. Mm-hmm. If there's something so old, why haven't they upgraded and got something new? Right. If they still use some of the old stuff. And I was comparing it to now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, are you familiar with guns like the 1911? No. No? Okay. The 1911 was, of course, it was manufactured by 1911, but it actually predates like in 18, 1890-something, okay. where the design was made and it was an automatic pistol. We still use this pistol to this day. And so that's where they kind of reference there was a pistol there that is at least aged 250 years, mm-hmm. right? And so there's another thing. The, the, the 50 cal Browning machine gun, that was made back in like World War One, and we still use it to this day, mounted on Humvees and stuff, which is weird. The design has not changed. Hmm. So when it comes down to weapons, if you already have something that's like built perfectly, there's really no change to it. Maybe a little laser scope here. So that's one the one thing I was thinking about the technology difference. With weapons, dude, killing people is just simple. Well, I mean, yeah, as soon <laughs> as, as, as soon as you figure out the way to kill someone, I mean it's it's pretty simple. They that go way. bang bang. <laughs> but what uh the the gun, the futuristic gun that he that he does show him, the one that fires and then pulls the bullet back. I Reloads. think the flechettes. Yeah. yeah. That thing is pretty badass. It's like it's unlimited ammo, basically. You just go pew, 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 and it goes shink, 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 comes right back. But I was going to say, essentially, it's not... I mean, the metal that that bullet has to be made out of has to be pretty strong to not... So it can be reused again and yeah. like hit things and not... I mean, because he shoots it right metal. into a cement wall. Yeah, yeah. make a five-inch indentation to a cement wall and be fine to... It's probably some kind of tungsten carbide or something that's it's not even... uranium. Yeah. <laughs> So we're not bringing vibranium or adamantium into this at no. all? Okay. <laughs> no. ridiculousness like that. Oh, yeah. We don't want anything ridiculous like that. Uh, I mean, is, I mean, I, I, obviously there's lots of places they could have gone, and the book might even express that there is some kind of material that they found within the 400 years. I haven't years gotten that far yet with the book. I'm reading the book so damn slow. <laughs> you are a slow reader. Yeah, I know. I need, it. I need someone to read it to me. Like an audio book. Oh, look at that. <laughs> Pretty sure this already exists The, the only thing I picked up is basically the first scene. When I started reading the book, I, I only got to the parts of the first scene from uh, episode one. Mm-hmm. Where him and uh, Takashi are, are uh, with that one girl. Mm-hmm. She actually had a name. Her name was Sarah. I don't know why I felt like sharing that with you. But yeah, then, but everything else is More information is always good. R.I.P. Sarah. <laughs> yeah, no, but she's dead now. All right, continue on. Uh, okay, so uh, uh, we were talking about the guns, but I wanted to talk about the fight scene again, real fast. The the fight between the couple, the couple, and and, uh, and Takashi. So uh, a lot of that fight scene takes place in like a zero g uh, arena. The mm-hmm. physics, I don't like exactly. Like, yeah, I thought you, that was weird. Like as soon as they dropped in and they're like, ho ho, ho they look like uh, you can't get a good stance. I've been brought up with martial arts space. my whole life, and it's like. You need your your hips to pivot on yeah. the ground, you and you just... need your force through your legs to exactly exert a punch. And it's like, what are they? I mean, do you think there was some type of gravity underneath their feet just to allow them I to do punches? I did see or? one move that could be possible where they kind of did like a spin thing because, like, if you just kind of spin <laughs> real fast and slap someone, I'm pretty sure it'll hurt. 
That's probably the only sure, way I could think sure. of. But everything like some else Power is Rangers a- like made up move where you just start spinning around in like a screwdriver. Yeah. Fast. That's what that shit reminded me. Of. That's what that fight reminded me of. Was just like very badly like CGI'd or just and the, and the knife something. The knife looks like where he pulled out that triple blade knife thing it looks like some like if, if you're 15 years old or a 12 year old and you go to the swap meet you're like that's a cool knife <laughs> well, that's essentially what I was thinking about this like this this fight scene and uh, yeah that, that whole thing was like some writer or whoever is like you know it'd be really cool if you were fighting zero g and then like no one came up to me like that's, yeah but not practically that doesn't look it, it's not gonna look good and yeah. it also has no you don't really fight like that yeah you can't <laughs> fight like that so i just really wonder why someone let it get to that far i wonder if it's in the book that they fight in zero g i'll let yeah, you know when we good. get there thank you i would movie. assume it was now one thing i feel would have made the scene a thousand times better and look more realistic because it would be practical Remove the zero G chamber, replace it with trampolines. <laughs> Your eye twitched again. That's awesome. <laughs> yes, because you know trampoline fight—that's the ultimate. That's, that's what it's missing. That's what rich people do. You gotta get one of those arenas that's got like all those little trampolines, and you know it's got a big one that's got like real like give to it, and then you got the really smaller ones that are like more springy. What was that? sport called and I use the word sport very slam ball wasn't that what it was called yes it was yeah basketball, basketball trampoline and, games yeah. yeah I think yeah if it was like a trampoline fight I think it would just be jujitsu it, it, it would be all grappling because you can't it's the same thing you can't really punch somebody but it'd also be like really badass taekwondo like imagine all the like, spins you can do with that kind of air I guess that's what yeah. yeah, there you go. <laughs> want some pound cake? <laughs> you can grab somebody and do like a like a spinning corkscrew like power okay. dive bomb like Zangief. Mm-hmm. Awesome. <laughs> See now if we know that with uh, uh, Mrs. Bancroft's or Miriam's uh, body, she's got the genetic enhancements to allow her to be a better lover, lay whatever. <laughs> Could you do the same for fighting? Could you have like? A punch that, when it makes contact with someone else, it starts to burn That's their what skin. Actually yeah, has. he has. He's those. got a combat upgraded like muscle memory sleeve. So, I guess that means that your sleeve has knows how to throw a punch properly. If you just kind oh, of man, do I want that. Like I want that. I, I would love to fight. Like just just. Pop. You know, we haven't seen anything about his like. See X-ray vision. Yeah, he hasn't Since, done that recently. Oh, you know, I forgot about that. So, was that something that was only like part of his original sleeve? sleeve? Yeah. The, well, that wasn't. A, I don't even think that was his original sleeve. Well, it just happened to be Asian. Oh, it's just coincidental. Yeah. Um, not being racist. I have no um, idea though. It could, it could have been. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually wondering if that if that was his original sleeve or if that was the most recent one because when they pull up his file, he's got like t- six sleeves in there. Right. So I'm wondering which one, but yeah. Hmm. Uh, but. I mean, in in I in the, the whole combat reflexes or whatever, I didn't even think about that as being uh, a genetic upgrade. I just figured figured the body was someone that was in combat, and he, so that it it would respond to whatever moves that he'd want to do. Not so much that it would do the moves for him, or you know, easier to do the moves. Well, I think is maybe it's a combination of both because mm-hmm. you know because he's he's a marine, he's a trained marine, right, and. Um, so, or I'm, I'm guessing, or police officer, or whatever the uh, what's his name? No, I forgot his name. The blonde guy, uh, Stry- Riker. 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 So he was police. So I'm guessing, like maybe he had some training before too. So maybe on top of actual like muscle memory that they programmed with, like mm. maybe that was just he was like 
not like a fighter before. So on top of whatever Takeshi knows and top of what Riker knows, like just perfect combination. <laughs> Being able to kick ass. <laughs> yeah, because like a lot of like when you do any kind of martial art training, all that repetitive motion, it's like the neurons in your arm actually holds memory. That's what the muscle memory right, is. Right, right. So I wonder if they also have like a program where it's not genetic, where it's like they kind of do something where they code you or they, something? They, yeah, they can code the body. They can code, like, since the stack is your consciousness, they can code the brain to do this stuff. Well, or, the AI did it. Yeah, oh, yeah. Poe was like, there we go. They were like, hey, the uh, do you know how to do this? He was like, well, I do now or now something I like do, that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let me twitch for a little bit. Okay, I got it. <laughs> yeah, so uh, we could talk about that. So in the episode to uh, uh, get Vernon to help him out, he... Mm-hmm. Uh, Takashi, you know, is, sets up Poe to be able to heal uh, Vernon's daughter. Mm-hmm. I forget Lizzie. her name. Lizzie? Lizzie, mm-hmm. yeah. Which, uh, I, you know, this episode we actually get to see the actress a little bit better. And it's, I don't, anybody else is watching Riverdale, but she played one of the Josie, one of the Pussycats from Josie and the Pussycats from oh. Riverdale. So, oh, really? Yeah. Huh. I forget which, which character she was playing. But anyways, uh, yeah, um, the idea was for Poe to... Because the hotel was all virtual, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they essentially check her into a room where he will be able to heal her mm-hmm. uh, shattered mind mm-hmm. or whatever's happening to her in that trauma loop that she's been caught in because her father is crazy. And, uh, I hate that guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, is it essentially that he's putting her back together by comforting her, giving her a safe place to heal? What, how did you yeah, feel? It's sort of, yeah, it's kind of like it's giving her a safe place to mentally heal because isn't there that the rule of this world where if you switch, if your consciousness switches different sleeves, you go a little crazy. But then if you have another consciousness entering another consciousness, do you go a little crazy? As well, okay. So that's why. So since Poe is just an AI, he's synthetic. He doesn't have that same right the damage the damage to mess with her. So he can actually that would make sense because Vernon keeps spinning her up, and that's what that's what uh, Takeshi says. Like every, you mess her up every time you spin her up. So that's a good point. Every time he enters that consciousness, he's like just chipping away at the same sanity a little bit more. So, so. like he's bringing in his own little his, he's bringing in his own baggage essentially and throwing it on top of Maybe. hers. And yeah. whereas Poe doesn't have any baggage. because he's... Whereas in Poe, yeah, like, she's in his system, I think. Like, her, ah, her stack okay. is, like, staying in his hotel. So she's, like, hooked up to him, basically. So I was, about to, I was about to maybe trigger John again because I was about to say he doesn't have any baggage because he doesn't have a soul. Because he's not a real person. He thinks he's real. He's a real boy. <laughs> Are we getting his back... AI heart. Are we getting back to your robot racism? Yes, I am. You know, I'm a digital lives don't matter. He's a, he's a matter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. What? How? Um, how do you think that you know it will eventually affect her to know that her father was doing this to her repeatedly, like not getting her the help that she needed, if she ever comes out of this? I, I guess you guys would know. If she does or doesn't, maybe she just becomes a permanent resident at the hotel, or trans- transcends into becoming an AI. 
Is that a possibility? Is that, no is that a thing now? I mean, is, is that I don't see why not. Something why, you want to speculate? Like, why couldn't a, a stack get liberated from its thing and just become part of whatever the AI network is? Just stay in the VR system or yeah. whatever forever. No longer need a human body, an organic yeah. body, you so just, to speak. You just become digital. I mean, essentially, that is what they are. They're inside the stack, right? Mm-hmm. Pretty much, yeah. So, so then you'd be at the mercy of wherever your stack physically is. So you have to make sure that it's safe. That's true. Unless someone comes in and like shoots up the place or robs the place, and it's like, well, it's a stack, and they just kind of toss it aside. You're like, hey, I'm 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 in here. I'm busy here. <laughs> I mean, could you eventually just? Could you at that point? Could you just reject? Or even leave the the stack, the physical stack itself behind, and just be a part of the mm-hmm. cloud because that's where uh, Bancroft keeps versions of himself. Yeah. Oh man, I got stuck in my Google Drive account. <laughs> <laughs> What's the password? <laughs> I, you had some another possibility that you wanted to venture, John. Did I? You talked about it before we got on the air. Oh yes. Uh, so I guess that would be the opposite of all of this, having an AI go into a stack, which would therefore control the oh, sleeve. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So an AI, yeah. So, so would that, that be was... like uh, Agent Smith, you know, when he eventually gets a real body in Matrix yes, Reloaded? Yes, exactly yeah. Oh. yeah. Mm-hmm. I like I like that <laughs> comparison there. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Which was, you know, in that in that movie, was all very new and for him because he's experiencing the real world and all the senses. I remember and all that stuff. being in the theater when that part came out. That part of the movie came out. Um, like everybody gasped in the theater <laughs> that the Agent Smith was inside Cipher. Like everyone was all, <gasps> and then they ended the movie, and people were like, no, no, like people just flipped out. It's like now we gotta wait for the third one. <laughs> And then disappointment arose. <laughs> what was, what was, it, what was up with that knife that that Vernon was using? Like I, I didn't quite understand what was happening. So it every time he was, stabbed somebody, yeah, it, it simulates it's laced with Reaper. Yeah, it simulates near death. It it simulates real death with some kind of chemical in there. So they said like the furthest you push it in, the more of the effect you'll get of like what a real death will be. So it's kind of like you're poisoning them, but they. They feel like they're dying. Okay. So they just they're just knocked out. So that's why when he just barely pokes him in the shoulder, mm-hmm. he he was dying. He, he yeah he he passes out or whatever. He's like, Drink some water when you wake up. <laughs> <laughs> and don't tell him that you were in because you'll lose your job. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like the idea that in order for it to be fully lethal, you have to shove it all the way in. Like, yeah. Like a real like knife. a normal life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it also he also said every time you use it, it refills. Or was was I? wrong about that i don't think i caught that part okay I, i'm not really sure something about the uses of it but maybe i'm just confusing the two you have to reload your knife <laughs> yeah uh um what do you think? i saw a meme uh earlier in the week where uh it, i think what it's what it said was the item you carry or your armor even though it doesn't match with the rest of your body, oh, it's still much better than regular armor. So it's and in the picture was uh, Takashi with his pink backpack. And oh, oh yeah! Every time yeah. I see him walking around with that thing, it just makes me think about that. And I also just like it's so out of place, but it's so perfect. Yeah, no, I love that he still carries his drug backpack. <laughs> it was when the new piece of gear doesn't match your armor. That's right. But the stats are too good. To pass that's, yeah. that's it. <laughs> Which is usually what you see, like they use it with, uh, you know, uh, just 
crazy out- outfits, whatever someone's wearing, like you know, a dude wearing a two piece bikini or something like that, or or you know something similar. But yeah, it worked perfect for this. Well, World of Warcraft is probably one of the places where that really yeah, originated. Where, that, where yeah. they would call it, you're wearing a clown suit when you have stuff that's different colors, but you know it's but the best you can have, and yeah, yeah you're doing. <laughs> Good damage or good whatever armor, but it just looks silly. <laughs> it doesn't go together. That is a cool backpack, though, and I hope that that backpack technology um, is eventually popular and commonplace because it's got an LED strip in the inside of it. So you yeah. open it up and the, there's light inside your bag. I you can actually have... see inside your bag. It's 2018. Why have we not done this yet? <laughs> I haven't looked up, but I wonder if there's altered carbon merch, and I want that backpack. I, I don't. I, I would take that backpack. Let's look that up right I bet now. you there's to the Etsy's. I bet you there's X number of cosplayers that are working on that backpack right now as we speak. I want that, and then probably Etsy and other people that are manufacturing. The, but yes, official altered altered carbon. Forty three dollars on Etsy. There you go. There it is. There I want to put my my guns when I go to the gun range. I want to put my guns in there. And go to the gun range with it. <laughs> One of the questions: What's the deal with his grill backpack? Well, people might think you're trying to be Deadpool instead of Takeshi, though. I'm like, it does have a unicorn on it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or Hello Kitty, something or other. Yeah, there's literally a Reddit thread. It's like, what's up with this girl backpack? It's like, dude, there's lights inside of it, and it's badass. Why wouldn't you keep it? <laughs> it's where I keep my drugs and my guns. Uh, what, what was uh, what was another part of the, this episode that you found interesting, John? Uh, just the general sleuthing that was going on in the uh, at the Bancroft Manor. I was just like, okay, like I was purposely keeping my eye peeled, and I feel like my eye started watering from like and I'm trying not to blink. There was a lot going on in, in yeah. the scene. Like, some shitty people. That's <laughs> well, what I liked to see. Like, we start finding out more about the Bancroft family dynamics. And, like, <laughs> like, you know, you kind of start feeling like, any one of these motherfuckers could have done it. And it's like, you did it, and you did it, and everyone did it. And even though you're not allowed to do it, you still did it anyways. <laughs> I just, his son was a piece of garbage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I, thought, I, I definitely, I did like that, you know, he expressed that you're going to come to this party because, or at least it was the, the lawyer lady that said, mm-hmm. you're going to come to this party because... Everybody that's invited is a suspect. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's the kind of party you throw is the one where you know everybody there is going to be a suspect in your murder. And then the, he has the, the murder eagle, right? Sent dead center of the room. Yeah. And, oh, uh, they call it murder eagle. I don't know what else to call The place of his <laughs> death. I like, like I, I don't know any eagle that's his, not his murdered. His brain matter on the wall. <laughs> right. It's a vegan eagle. <laughs> uh, and then, um, and then the, the, it, it, it's let slipped out that... Uh, what was it? What did you bring? What is your unique thing that you brought? And yeah. then everybody that was so jacked up, though that that he was his his unique thing. It's like I don't understand exactly why would Bancroft do that? Yeah, that's what rich people do? They have theme parties. No, I, well, I no, understand. Well, why the theme would he lord that power over him? That actually made me feel sad because I was thinking about that the entire time. It's like, what if, like, this is just kind of like his. Like they said, an overbred pet. Like it's like a luxury. It's like, what if he just revived him, not because he wants him to solve his murder, but just because he can, because he's rich and he's like, look at me, I brought back two hundred and fifty year old envoy, the last envoy to solve my murder. Ha <laughs> ha. <laughs> but literally, everybody like, had an object, and he objectified Kovach so bad. Yeah. Well, you that lady that stuck the guy in the snake wasn't objectifying him. I think that was a little bit. Well, I mean, the guy doesn't have the consciousness to realize that's what's happening. But I did love the fact that she said that after I put him in the snake and then put him into a regular body, he just still acted like a snake because yeah, his should, mind had left there. It's yeah, like, that's hilarious. That was probably the darkest part of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Although I did like the scene where the couple is fighting and they they spray blood on like oh a yeah, couple and the girl's like ah, she starts drinking, eating she the starts blood licking off of her. it on her face. Like oh wait, that was the same chick that was eating the tiger meat. Oh, was that it? was so. Oh. Didn't that make like you tiger? Feel... Never mind. There's so many more darker. Yeah, it's like, that made me angry because I like tigers because <laughs> they're monsters. But then these rich people, they're bigger monsters. Because I yeah. like that Joe Rogan mindset. Tigers are monsters. And then you see these monsters eating a monster. It's like, what level of monster are they? <laughs> what monstrosity are you? <laughs> they're monsters times ten. And it's like the fur was still on it. and they're, Yeah, it's like could, a serving platter yeah. in your meal. I'm thinking, how do they cook it with the fur still perfect on there? <laughs> I, that's exact. I mean, unless it's cooked right there. Well, they like have to they have cut, some kind of microwave like, technology. Yeah, I'm sure, sure they, they have like some sort of like a, like a hand torch, like how we have for sous vide steaks and then... Mm. They probably have a heated knife that they stabbed it with, and it cooks uh, it as you yeah, like puncture it. Yeah. Yep, that's what lightsabers are used for. In new culinary, <laughs> new age culinary techniques. Or maybe they just eat it raw. Maybe that's the way you eat tiger. Yep, you ingest its power. <laughs> <laughs> tiger blood. That's right. Charlie Sheen wrote part of this mo- this show. Uh, but uh, yes. Uh, Takashi, you know, being objectified up there by him, it just seemed like a, a, a if he really does want someone to wants him to to uh, solve his murder, it seemed like this was not the right way to go about it. And then yes, the the rich people getting sprayed with blood, it was like you see that in just about every rich people have poor people fighting for them like movie where someone gets the blood sprayed on and they're like, "Oh my goodness, this is awesome." Poor people blood. Mm. <laughs> well, according to uh what was the James Brown biopic. Uh, or, the uh, okay, with Chadwick Boseman as James Brown. Yes, where it has uh, the flashback where he's remembering as a little kid the uh, rich people would pay all the little black kids to like duke it out, like <laughs> barefisted boxing, and I was like, wow, that, <laughs> that's so totally happened, and that's just sad. <laughs> yes, inspiration for that scene. Except have it was you, just rich people. <laughs> have you seen Game Night yet? I want to see it so bad. Man. No, nobody. No. Okay, well, there's a scene in that where they have rich people fight club, where the the rich people just pay for poor people to fight for them, mm. kind of thing. It, I mean, it, that's what rat race was, kind of. Uh, that's true too. I mean, yeah. It's not, but they're not supposed to fight each other. They're just no, racing. But, but, but yeah, shenanigans ensue. <laughs> but you know, I kind of understand. This is why I I keep telling myself I should never win the lottery. Which, like, I know I never will. But if I do, instantaneously. I think I would do some sick shit. Oh yeah, I'd be like you. You want to make ten grand? Fight each other, and I'm like going to like an old people's home. <laughs> you wouldn't. I mean, you wouldn't have to. You could just go to like a McDonald's. I mean, no, I'm going to an old people's home, okay. and no, I want to. Was, there was another movie that came out a couple years ago. I think Rob, not Rob Corddry. Uh, oh, Cheap Trails. Cheap, cheap thrills. Yes, yeah. that one. Where it's Ethan Embry and uh, uh, I think no, not what Rob Corddry, but the guy who played. Packer from Pack, yeah. the office, yeah. yeah. Uh, what was his name? Anyway, yeah, same same kind of deal. Where it's like keep up in the ante, but doing like ridiculous physical self harm yeah, to themselves or others. Oh, <laughs> have you seen it? No, but the trailer looked cool. Yeah, the trailer was really cool, but yeah, the movie's terrible. Oh, so uh, was there any part that really intrigued you guys? That, that you know, I know you guys you know the future of the episodes, but is there something that really stuck out to you? The the end. The way it ended, where it's like, <gasps> like it, when I first oh, saw yeah. it, it got me. Where it's like, oh man, he's like off on his own. He took off his oni, 
I watched it last night. His, and I, I don't his, his, his uh, X-ray vision would have come in really handy in yeah. that scene. He got captured by. Uh, he went back to the hooker place to talk to. Oh, that's Nemini, right. Yeah, and yeah. And then he got. She drugged him, and then Fat Bane with his little old lady Shaw, and <laughs> the guy was back. The guy that he beheaded. Yeah. Uh, let me. The. Demi the twin. Demi the twin. And, found his twin. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, um, the girl that he had originally talked to at the, mm-hmm. the place, she gets herself killed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She got, she got it twisted it. off now. It was mm-hmm. brutal. So I think, I don't know if that destroys her stack. Because the way that he looks like he, like in the final scene where she's kind of dying, slumped over on the bed, it looks like the front of her neck is cut. But when I saw her getting cut, it looked like he was cutting the back of her neck. So I don't know if he just chopped, like sliced through or what the hell, but... Yeah, that was very deliberate. Like, I'm going to cut the back of your neck. To get your stack. Yeah. More than likely. Oh, that's a target. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, obviously, if anybody that can get respun up, they can then tell, they, hey, this is the person that killed me. You want to yeah. get rid of that stack. Yeah, there's a, that's the one thing I, the culture of, like, trying to kill people is so different in this. Because, like, right now in the real world, if you really want to, like, show somebody that I will end you, you point a gun to their head. Mm-hmm. But if you notice that in this show... Everyone points to the neck. To the neck, mm-hmm. and it's like they did it when you first see Demi the twin, Lemmy the twin, Demi. Demi, um, I'm hungover. My, my, my sleeves <laughs> have jacked up. You seen the show? How many times? I've seen it enough. <laughs> enough times to forget. I forgot. I, <laughs> Anyways, I, every time I saw it, I was drunk, or you know, drunk. Maybe <laughs> see, that means every next time you see it, it's like the first time again. It is. It has been every time I've seen it. It's like what. <laughs> I don't remember this. What is this? It's I wish like I could do that time. with some things. Yeah, I was like, oh man, this thing is awesome. This Matrix is the best thing ever. <laughs> Need a denuralizer. You just raise your mind, watch it again. There you go. But uh, I will tell you, like, okay, since I've already watched the whole thing, the next episode is crazy. Just brace yourself because it gets even. If you think you had enough, like, mind fucks here. It gets really mind fucky in the next one. Mm-hmm. I believe it. Next one's all about mind fucks. <laughs> uh, okay, what's uh, something that you're looking forward to, John, for the next few episodes? I just really want to see where it's going. I'm so intrigued. I'm like, it's at this point, the pieces are so scattered. I don't see the pattern yet. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I, I, I'm. It's like the beginning of a chess game, man. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm doing something very unusual for myself, which is showing restraint by not looking more into it. Because mm-hmm. I could have easily looked up the synopsis and fan theories and other stuff about this on Reddit and Wikipedia. I'm like, nope. I'm gonna watch this one episode at a time, once a week. I want to be amazed. Don't beat yourself it. with outside opinions. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's the way that I'm been attacking it too. So I, uh, I, I want to say that I uh, at first I was not very into the whole Poe character, but, like, this episode, you know, how he's really supplanting himself as the, the, the sidekick for the partner. He's my favorite character. He, yeah, he's, <laughs> he's really grown on me, and I was like, this episode really made it, it's like, I am I am all for this character. It's I'm, almost like he's alive. No. <laughs> it doesn't have to be alive for me to enjoy it. I can say this with much confidence as a straight man. He's adorable. He is adorable. <laughs> I want him to be my friend. Yeah, that's not what I was gonna. I thought was gonna come out your mouth, but all right. <laughs> he's, he's adorable. It's like, oh, oh, Paul, you're just shut up and stay back there. Do your thing. <laughs> Make me a drink. <laughs> okay, so uh, next episode is episode four. Let me see if I can find the name of the episode. But uh, I just like I said, it's it's 
I am enjoying the show as is Force of, of Evil. No, it should be called Mindfuck. Okay, Mindfuck <laughs> Episode 4. Uh, yeah, can't wait to see what else happens in here. Um, Brian, your social media? Oh, at Angry Nin, my Twitter. Or find anything with Angry Nin, and that's me. There's no other Angry Nin. <laughs> Gabby, where can we find you online again? I'm uh, mostly on Twitter. And Gabitron5000, and occasionally on Twitch, the same, Gabitron5000. John? I am at Magic Bollocks. That's it? Okay. That's all I have. <laughs> it sure is. I followed uh, him, he's there. <laughs> I think I have a Your bollocks are immature somewhere out there. I, I don't know. Pinterest, maybe. <laughs> you have a Pinterest? Do you, you pin a lot of things to it? I pin a few things. Okay. Inspirational a quotes and houses I'd like to live in someday. Oh, mm-hmm. is, it, is it like a virtual... Uh, hope board kind of thing. Mm-hmm. The secret. I actually have one that's vision board. Vision board. Thing. I have one that's just all like depression. <laughs> depression board. <laughs> it's a depression board. It's like all all like things depressing. It's a demotivator board. Yeah, it's awesome. I I love it. I love demotivators. Uh, I am on Twitter as at agent underscore of the underscore bat. The rest of Geek Elite Radio is at Geek Elite Radio on Twitter at Geek Elite Radio on Instagram. Facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Radio is our Facebook page, and Geek Elite Radio is our website. If you want to get a hold of us to talk about anything that we've talked about today, uh, those are the best places to do it. But until next time, this is the Geeks Watch on the Geek Elite Radio Network saying, always remember to geek geek out. out. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programs.